What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Damo back on the show, and we are still talking about winning basketball for the Washington Wizards. They are currently 9-3 and three and are first place alone, not even tied with anyone. I guess technically they're tied with Brooklyn, but we have percentage points on Brooklyn, so we're all alone up top. Only one near us. Bulls have been losing lately, so that really helps us out. Who else has been losing, I feel like? Um, there's one team that's, like, fell off. The Heat um, and the Six has been losing. The Knicks. Um, the Knicks fell off. Yeah, the, the Sixers have lost four straight. Wow. Oh, yeah, because they were uh, – yeah, they were eight and two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've lost four straight, so. Um, They've been dealing with uh, COVID, I think, and all that other stuff. Yeah. And then B, you know, his usual 20 to 30 games he's going to miss. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have a Ben Simmons no more to kind of hold it, hold it steady while he's gone. Yeah. Oh, well, sucks to suck. Couldn't be us. Uh, first <laughs> place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we had two games. For this past week, since the last time we recorded, we played the Cavaliers and the Magic, both away games, and the Wizards were able to come out and win both of those games. Uh, Bradley Beal did not play in the last game against the Magic because of the passing of his grandmother, which we surely wish all the best to, to Beal and his family and any loved ones that may have knew her or ever been around her, and he will also not play tonight against New Orleans. I would not imagine he would miss any more games after this, but if he does, certainly justified. It's not like we really are itching to to really get him back out there given our positions. Certainly you would like us to keep winning, but I don't think that this next opponent, the Pelicans here tonight, is should give us that much problems. Although I don't think the and the Pelicans are obviously the worst team in the NBA, but I don't think that they have a bad – like, the roster isn't terrible. It's just they just don't win. Um, but before we get into this week's slate of games, let's go ahead and rewind back to Cleveland and Orlando. And I just want you to kind of give me your thoughts on what you saw from the Wizards or uh, anyone from the Cavaliers or Magic in those games, and I'm sure uh, we'll have some stuff to say about Evan Mobley. Yeah, that's really where I was going to start, man. Like, Evan Mobley is a beast. Like, he just looks like, he looks like baby AD, like, you know, without the injury concerns. Um, It's kind of like, I mean, he can do a little bit of everything. He's so skilled offensively, and then defensively, he can really guard one through five while being seven feet tall. Um, So, yeah, he's he's impressive, man. Um. If they can just get one of them guards to kind of really come around as a as a real winner for them, either Garland or Sexton, uh, and then they can find a wing player, uh, yeah, they're they they on to something nice there. Um, but uh, yeah, the Cavs game, I, I really don't know how. I watched that game twice because I didn't watch it live, and then I came back the next day and watched it, and then ran it back again. I still don't know how they won that game, man. <laughs> like they should have. They should have lost that game, but I just feel like these are the those are the type of games that they may not be pretty, but they're won on like very very slim margins. And and to me, the biggest margin was the coaching, like that uh that ATO play with Bill man and, and him getting downhill and, and kicking it to Kuzma, 
for that three-point shot. I mean, that was it was beautiful, and it had so many options on it. Like it was almost like the Cavs could not defend that. No team could really defend that. It was just a matter of whether the Wizards were going to make or miss the shot, and yep. Kuzma made it. Um, so it was just it was it was beautiful to see it happen that way. Um, and then the Magic game, I mean, they were up by like twenty five at one point in the third quarter. Like, you know, they left, left took the foot off the gas, and you know, the Magic made a little run in the fourth. But I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, you know, but it's the, I, it's not much I can really take out of the Magic game other than they did what they were supposed to do. Trez played at an All Star level. Then when he stepped up, um, played at an All Star level, and they were the two best players on the floor. So. Which they were supposed to be. So, you know, they took care of business. And I want to, before we get into our stretch of games for this week, a couple of topics I wanted to touch on. Uh, There's MVP ladders that come out, and I'm sure you've seen this, but Montrezl Harrell is consistently on them whenever they get posted by certain outlets. And it's not on... It's not unreasonable that to say that he's been the Wizards' best player this season overall. Uh, do you yeah, think that? Do you think that him being on the MVP in the MVP discussion is is reasonable and realistic? I mean, yeah, I mean he's been the best player on the number one team in the East. So, yeah, I think that puts you in. I think that puts you in the MVP conversation. Um, you know, if Beal hasn't been on such a slow slide for, uh, by his standard, I think he would be on there. But, uh, yeah, Harrell has been our best player, uh, no doubt about it. So, best player on the number one seed in the conference, yeah. You should definitely be on MVP lists. So, if we, let's say we, we continue on this path to have a really good season overall for the team, Trez finishes, like, I don't know how they do the MVP vote count, but let's say he gets them. Let's say he's top 10, like these MVP uh, rankings have come out. How much do you pay him this summer, considering you just made a quite big financial commitment to Daniel Gafford? Man, it's, it's, uh, that's tough, because thinking about this the other day, I mean, you've pretty much got – you got uh, $16 million with with uh, Bertans and another $8 million with Bryant, who aren't even playing for you. So, in my estimation, he could take that money. <laughs> um, that's what, $24 million? Yeah. Right there? Because I'm thinking he's going to be looking for for north of $20 million a year. Oh, yeah. Uh, if he's going to be MVP discussion and <clears throat> having this impact that he does right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's going to be looking for north of that. So, yeah, I mean, and that might be what it would take to to keep him. I mean, I just think I think Trez is just like an ultimate regular season guy, like where, you know, he's going to be the reason why you beat those teams you're supposed to beat because he don't take no nights off, man. Like he don't – you got to guard him every night, uh, as, especially with him coming off the bench, going up against second unit bigs. Like I said, the start of the year, he was going to kill second unit bigs because that's not a position that teams really put a lot of uh, 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 resources into. Like, usually your second unit big is probably one of the worst players on your team. 
And yeah. you're he's go, you're going against a guy like Trez who's playing at an all star all NBA level. Like he's he's he, I mean he's cooking these guys. So yeah, he's gonna cost, man. He's gonna cost. And honestly, I think I think the Wizards gotta try to finagle some things to try to make that happen. And it might require a conversation with Bill as far as how much money he's taking um on a max contract. Right, because if it's like, hey, Beal, we can give you this money, but if you take this amount, we can keep Trez and we can still keep this competitive roster that we have now with maybe some room to get some other role players in via trade and that sort of thing. Uh, side rant. It has nothing to do with the team specifically. Uh, when they dropped the, the City merch today, I was very annoyed that they only had Beal jerseys. And it's not that I don't love Beal. I'm still probably going to end up getting one just because I think that they're so cool looking. But if they had a Trez one, I would have already bought it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Those those hoodies nice. look nice too, actually, if we want to talk about this for a sec. Did you get a chance to look at all of it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I saw them. I, I was waiting for them. The only thing I was thought I, we was going to get was that DMV logo. I thought they was going to put that on a fitted or, or a snapback. So, oh, yeah, yeah. That's that what I really, good. really wanted. Uh yeah, because that logo is very, very, very nice and different. Uh, I hadn't seen anything like that. It's kind of like a combo of the the old Wizard script font yeah, with a little yeah. of the you know updated coloring. So maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll pull that idea and produce one. But yeah, the merch looks pretty good. But they should need, they need some more variety as far as the jersey selection. Yeah, for sure. And um, one thing, too, like, if you had, like, an old vintage style, like, rain jacket or something, that would be dope as shit. I probably would have bought one if they had it on there. So just definitely yeah, anything vintage. I'm on, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, going back to, to Montrezl Harrell, he's definitely been one of our, well, probably our best player this season. Um, one of the more consistent players and. The NBA, I was I saw a stat I just retweeted where they were saying he's the the number one offensive player in the NBA right now based off rating. So um, that's pretty interesting as well. So uh, trying to think of some other guys we could maybe touch on at this point. Um, Denny had a good game against Orlando. I thought that that was. The, and he hit his set three, and he looks confident shooting those. Like, you're seeing the difference now where, like, Denny is just – like, if he catches it, sometimes he hesitates. But if he hesitates, I feel like it's just to wait to to see where the defense goes So because he knows better shooters are on the floor. But if he's in a position where he knows, like, okay, he has to get a shot up or this play isn't going anywhere and you're going to be looking at a shot clock violation or something messy, like, he shoots it and with confidence. And we saw that, I think, in that last game. Yeah, uh, I've been liking what I've been seeing out of him over the last few games. I think, and I was reading a piece I think Chase put out. Um, it was either today or yesterday about kind of the the, the bond that he's built. He's been building with Kuzma uh, and Anthony Gill. How they kind of, you know, they work on a lot of things together during practice and after practice. Um, and I think that's a good thing for him, particularly Kuzma. You know, who you know found his footing as a lower round pick. And, you know, has kind of turned himself into like a really valuable player um, at a, at 6'10", you know, as a versatile 6'10 forward. And I think Denny can learn from him. Um, so 
Yeah, man. You know, Kuzma don't have no confidence problem. So, uh, yeah, Denny could definitely learn some things from from Kyle Kuzma on that end. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely have been loving the way that, that Denny has been playing. And when you talk about him and then Rui coming back and then now that Anthony Gill's healthy, it totally makes Bertans a, a little expendable. Um in terms of the the depth, and I know that none of those guys are as good shooters as Bertans, but it seems to not really be an issue. I'm not sure currently where we sit in terms of three point percentage. I can try and look at that real quick, but um, we should be getting Bertans and Rui back at roughly the same time. I mean, you would think by what this weekend they should be back and in the lineup, at least based off the reports that we've seen. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I think I think this, you know, the ball change and this rule change making the game more physical. I almost feel like it's kind of devalued the the importance of like hyper elite shooters. Like, cause I, I just looking at how our, our shooting numbers are this year, you would kind of be like, okay, well, Bertans has to be on the floor because he's really the only elite shooter. But you look at his plus minus offensively and defensively, like. The Wizards are just playing better when he's not on the floor. So, you know, it's like, all right, well, you'll take the Kyle Kuzma, who's maybe not as good a shooter as, as Bertans, but he shoots it at volume. And he's guarded in a way where you have to respect him out there, but then he's also not killing you on the defensive end. Um, you know, you're going to play him over Bertans. 10 out of 10 times. Oh, and, then yeah. when Rui, and then when Rui comes back, if he's hitting his three the way he was hitting it at the end of last year and then into the playoffs, like, again, he's not as good a three-point shooter as Bertans, but if he could be just good enough that a defense respects him out there and then he's able to attack closeouts with his athleticism and mid-range game, uh, yeah, you're going to play him over Bertans. So it's just like, I don't really see where you play him at this point and that was kind of what I had mentioned coming into the year like between Kispert and Bertans like you know it seems like Wes is gonna gonna play guys that play defense he don't really care about the shooting like because he feels like if we're generating open shots the percentages will come but if you're not playing defense you're gonna lose games speaking of Wes you have him as first right now in terms of coach of the year? No question. I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I guess if the Warriors end up having some crazy season, you could put Steve Kerr there. But I think under the like context matters, and I think that under the situation that the Wizards are in right now where you really only have one all-NBA caliber player, and it's like he's not even a lock for that, and then Montrez Harrell and a bunch of, I don't know if you want to call them role players. I mean, I guess that's what they are. I'm, I'm trying not to be mean or discredit anything they've done. Yeah, 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 high-level role players, sure. Um, you know, I'm th- to be first place in the East right now, and even does, despite the competition, because if we want to talk about competition, we had two All-NBA guards last year, and we were shit against some of the worst competition that we've ever seen in the history of basketball. So... I don't really want to hear about that. These are games that in years past we would have lost or and whatever. Like, again, that Cleveland game, I don't know how we won that game other than Wes Unsell Jr. 
I mean, obviously you give credit to the players like Beal and Kuzma for making those threes down the stretch, but if we had any other coach in the league, who knows if we do that? Yeah, you're, you're not winning that Cavs game with Scott Brooks as head coach. That I mean, might have been even, a blowout, honestly. <laughs> even some other head coaches that are considered good. Like, if we had Rick Carlisle there, would Rick Carlisle have won us that game? You know, probably not. I mean, any of these other young coaches, uh, Jamal Mosley, Ime Udoka, would they have won us that game? Probably not. I think what Wes has done so far is very unique. And, again, it, it's important because this isn't the most talented group in the world. That they win um, with their depth, and they get a lot out of – I feel like, again, I don't feel like anyone objectively right now on the team is playing bad where when they come in the game, you're like, ah, shit, we got to deal with this guy for five or six minutes. Like, it's not like that. Everyone that comes in, you're like, okay, like if Aaron Holiday comes in, you're like, all right, we're going to get some solid perimeter defense and he's going to give us some quick buckets. When Neto comes in, you know he's going to go, he's going to give you all of his effort and he's going to give you some floaters and maybe a three in there. It's like, Everybody on the roster, when they check in, you're like, okay, I know what they're doing, and I know that they're going to do this well. They're defending first, and that's the thing. Like, and and Wes says, I mean, you can listen to the players post game; they all talk about it. Like that was the emphasis all training camp: defense, defense. So much so that they didn't even really work on offensive sets like that. Um, it was all about defense, and those are the guys that he's going to play. He's not going to play guys that, yeah, you can get hot from three, but uh, you're giving up just as much or more on the other end defensively, or you can be targeted by an opposing team's best player. Like they're trying to get you on switches. Like you try to get any of these guys on switches on the wizards. You're going to be in for a rude awakening. Like there is no guy that you can try to point out and pick on. Um, it's just not, it's just not like you're going to, you know, they tried it with Denny, and it, it hasn't worked. <laughs> so, and you know they're not going to do it with like a KCP um, and Beals defending at a high level. Um, you're not doing it with Neto and Holiday. So it's like, who are you? Who are you really on this team trying to target and kind of pick on to score against? Um, it's just really nobody there for you to do it. And that, and that's how you win games, man. That's how you win 50 games uh, in this league without multiple All Stars. For sure. I mean, again, I, I make this comparison all the time, but go back and look at that Atlanta Hawks team that was the, the number one seed that year. I mean, it's a lot of similarities. Now, I don't think that the ball movement is as fluid, and obviously the personnel is a little bit different, but I, there's a lot of similarities between the Wizards and that Hawks team, I think. Yeah, yeah, that that's one team, and then I would say the other would be uh, the, the, the 2018 Clippers team that had Trez on it. Um, where you had Trez and you had Lou Will and just a lot of depth. I think Danilo Gallinari was on that team. Um, forget who else was there, but um, yeah, they had a lot of depth and they just, they just, they just didn't. They played sound basketball. It was really no, no real weaknesses on that team, even though they didn't have the high end All NBA guy. They just competed like there was just nobody you can just pick on on that team. So. You know, it's value in that. And I think the Wizards got a chance to be even better because you have a Bradley Beal and then you got Trez playing at the best level of his career all around, Kuzma being maximized. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's exciting, man. 
It makes you wonder, like, because Wes was a finalist, I think, for uh, the Cavaliers, for um, the Bulls. And it's like, and we look at it now, how did they not hire this guy? Well, I mean, we don't know that he didn't turn down some jobs, too. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I mean, looking at that Cavs roster a couple years ago, would you wanted to work? For the Cavs, like I, I don't know, but I, even I think, if they had a good roster, I wouldn't want to go to Cleveland. You know, you know, with that owner, like I'm like, I think I'd rather stay an assistant at Denver. You know, be in the finals and kind of build my rep than go be on the chopping block for the Cavaliers because you know it's not going to work out there. Like yeah, so, true. although now it seems like they got a player in Moby, so maybe it will. Hopefully, bigger, uh, uh, bigger staff will, 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 you know. Get, get a chance, a real opportunity there. So, um, but yeah, I, some of them jobs, I mean, like, do you want to coach the Magic? Like, do we really want to co- Like, ah, mm, no. Um, Jamal Mosley is such a sucker, man, and I'm sorry, and I love Jamal Mosley. I wanted him to get a job, but my God, dude, you should have just stayed in Dallas another year or something. I'm sure Jason Kidd would have kept you around. Yeah, but I mean, apparently he... Wasn't even really considered for the job, so and I kind of, you know, he felt the way about that, and um, yeah, because Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle, um, said that Kid would be best for the job. He didn't even put Mosley's name out there, apparently, from what I saw, and that would that is disrespectful, you know. But I mean, he could have gone in. Who knows? Maybe he could be here and as a, as an assistant right now. You know, who knows? But. I like Jamal, man. I just don't want him to be set up for failure. I thought that out of all the, the, the coaches that came in, I thought Udoka was the best set up for success. But, man, Boston's been really struggling. Yeah, we give we give Boston a lot of benefit of the doubt that I don't really think they've earned over the last decade. Um, and even honestly prior, like honestly prior to them winning with that big three trade, they were trash before that. Like a lot of people forget, Paul Pierce was was about to demand a trade out of there because they couldn't put a winner around him in his age thirty season. So, you know, if it really wasn't for that that Danny Age, uh, him being buddies with with uh uh, uh Mikhail over there in the Timberwolves, you know, uh, the, I think the conversation on the Celtics and and Danny Ainge is a whole lot different right now. But uh, you know. It is what it is, I guess. I mean, looking at all of the uh, the new coaches that were brought in this year, I mean, Mosley has a shit situation. Um, Willie Green has just has a shit situation, which we'll get to see Willie Green tonight, which uh, should be interesting. I feel like New Orleans would definitely be better. I'm not saying they wouldn't be bad, and, and maybe this is like a, a no shit Sherlock, but uh, you know, being without Zion and then Brandon Ingram to start the season that. That really hurts you a little bit, and I hope it's just not like a one-and-done for Willie Green there because um, I feel like he could – I don't know. I feel like with New Orleans, if you fire the GM and then the GM comes in and wants a new coach and all that, like I feel like Willie Green can be a one-and-done guy, and I, I would hate that for him. Yeah, that would suck. But, I mean, even even without even with Zion and Ingram, I don't know that this team is winning a lot of games because, like I, I've been saying, it's defense, man. If you don't defend – you're not going to win. Like, Zion specifically, like, he bleeds points. And it's, it's something that people don't really talk about because he's, he's such a beast as far as his physical, 
you know, as a specimen physically and then what he does on the offensive end, but that dude don't guard nobody. Um, and Brandon Ingram ain't never been accused as a defender. So even with them guys back, they still giving up 120 points. So, yeah. you know, like they got to get stops, man. Like, because like you say, on talent, when you look at their roster, it's a pretty talented roster, like offensively speaking. But I'm just looking like, who's the stopper on this team? You relying on, like, yeah, like a third-string shooting guard? (laughs) I guess Josh Hart? Uh, As a, a, like, yeah, I mean, like, and then again, who's the the front court anchor? Who's the guy in the front court that's deterring shots from the rim? Yeah, they don't have that. They made their bed with that when they traded Steven Adams for Valanchunas. Yeah, they traded defense for offense. Um, so, yeah. I get why they did it because – and we saw when we played Memphis, right, like Steven Adams is not a starting center anymore. But when he's making that chunk of money, like I see why they dealt him away, you know. But fit-wise, of course right now you'd rather have Steven Adams than Valanchunas um, when you talk about the Pelicans and the makeup of their team. But <clears throat> $25 million for a guy that – Brings you relatively nothing but some offensive rebounds. It's you know, yeah, that's I think that's the worst cap position to be in when you're paying a a fossil five that type of money. It, it just hinders you so much on what how you can build your roster. Like, yeah, it's just it's just it's one of, to me. It's one of the worst contracts. Like it's it's like the the Mahimi deal really, where you got a guy who probably you know should be a backup and you're paying him like an all-star starter, like, and then you're paying it at a position that's not really that important in today's game. Um, it's just, it's just a bad contract, man. And I don't know, I don't know what Memphis was doing, I guess maybe so they could get picks out of it. Cause I think they got, didn't they get an extra first round pick for it? Yeah. Yeah. They got an extra first and then they got, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know, but. Glad the Wizards not in that situation. So I was trying to do some self-reflecting and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm trying to think about how we can make this podcast better because the last like couple to a few times we've done it. I'm like, there really is like nothing that we talked about that we didn't already know. And we try to make it as interesting as possible, but topic wise, and the reason is, when when we've done past podcasts, like going back to last year, there's usually a big rant that we can go into that, that takes up like a 15 to 20 minute um, time period. And it, you can fit in a bunch of different things. But now that the Wizards are good, and it's not that they're good, they're consistent, which means that there is nothing new to talk about that we didn't already know besides results of some games. And... I think that's why, like, right now, like, at least from my end of things, it's like, we really can't think of anything. Like, we had to come up with, uh, like, the one episode we did one or two ago where I came up, we we put the the trade idea segment in. Because, like, you know, there's just, we're we're good. We're winning basketball. And it's like, we're, we're doing the same things that we were doing two weeks ago. It's like, you know? It's... It's a, it's a, it's kind of like you know the 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 football team where it's no 
but the opposite. Like, they kind of thrive off of the drama and the headlines. And so it's always something to talk about with them. You right. know, but for, for once, finally, with these Wizards, there's no drama. We're not wishing we had a new general manager. We're not wishing we had a new head coach. We're not going back and forth on whether we should move on from Beal or not, or how good is he really, or we're not having those kind of debates anymore because all of those debates get pretty heated. You know, like like I was saying the other day, like I feel like this is the most this is the most confident direction wise I've been on a Wizards uh organization since I can remember. Like probably since Man. It's been I, the most in my lifetime since I've been a fan. Yeah, I would say you're you're younger than me, so probably the most in your, your life, which is so sad. <laughs> that is so sad because it's not even like the Wizards are like, you know, we know they're not like some uh, uh, super team that's, that's destined to go to the finals this year. But it's just like the bar has been so low for this team that just having a competent plan forward with competent coaching and, and front office structure like this this is 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 wow and having all of your first round picks and and actually developing your your first round picks that you did draft like it's it's a new concept here it, it's 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 really a new concept here yeah it's um it's great but it, it makes you I'm going to have to come up with, like, a plan for next week with stuff to talk about unless there's, like, something that we can rant or rave about for, like, 10 to 15 minutes because for guy, for people that are curious, we don't script this. We just get on and we just kind of talk and whatever we talk about, whatever we talk about. Some people like that. Some people don't. You know, you can't please everyone. I think it's more authentic when you can just get on and talk ball and then um, go off on tangents. I think that's fun. I, I think that's a cool way to do it, but Man, if we keep getting like weeks where there's really just nothing to talk about, like that's new or something that we didn't already know, I have to come up with like um, a little schedule and uh, an itinerary, I guess, if you will, on uh, what to talk about and maybe get into some more numbers based stuff, which I'm sure you would like to get into. I'm sure which the people would like to hear maybe a little bit more. So um, we'll look at that more for next week. We didn't have enough time to to plan. I had all weekend off, so. I wasn't planning this. Um, Friday yeah, I would much Sunday. rather. I would much rather have a conversation on the nuance and details and and numbers yeah. on why we're good versus is Scott Brooks fired yet? Like, <laughs> like yeah, because <laughs> that's what it was before. Because I mean, yeah, I don't like. I don't know about you, man, but I don't like being miserable, man. And and these oh, last couple of years with this Wizards team have been miserable. Yeah, and it's like now that we have winning basketball, it would be nice to talk about why and get into the context and get into that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, next week, guys, we'll make sure that we have more of a numbers-based and more detail-oriented based podcast. Um, that being said, let's go ahead and close it out with our picks for this week. Standings update, you're at 500. I'm at 7-5. and five. Uh, We got four games this week which is nice given that we only had two this past week um i already put my predictions down so we'll just go game by game for you here uh versus new orleans what do you got tonight uh, at charlotte oh, 
See, I don't know if Bill. I don't know if Bill playing. Does it? Can I? Can I reserve the right to change depending on whether he play or not? Yep. All right, so I'm gonna put Dub if he plays. I'm gonna put L if he doesn't play. Okay. And then at Miami. L. Okay. It's hard to win there. And then versus Miami. Home W. Okay. So you have the same split. thing I have. Um, I'm. A, I think B will be back by Charlotte, so I'll put a W here, but I'll put like an asterisk here, um, and I'll remember what that is. So. So that would put the Wizards at thirteen and four. No, they're nine and three right now, so it'd put them at twelve and four, right? So yeah. Would it be three? Yeah. Yeah, twelve and four. Man, I never thought I'd be talking about a potentially twelve and four ball club. Shit, I never even thought ten games into a season we'd be the number one seed in the East, but yet here we are. Um actually if we wanted to real quick, I don't know if you have time for this. If you don't, it's okay. I think it's interesting to start noting the 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 conference standings, especially in the East. Because um, I think the only two teams that you can say without a doubt, unquestionably, you are not even making the play in, and that's Detroit, and that's Orlando. Everyone else yeah, from all... one to, one to thirteen, you can make an argument for. Um, for sure. The three teams outside of the play-in right now, Milwaukee, Indiana, and Atlanta, that's wild to me. I figured that would have been um, Toronto, Cleveland, us or Chicago. Like, I wouldn't have pictured those three teams right now being the ones that are struggling. And context is important. Uh, the, the Bucks are missing some players, you know. They're missing uh, basically everybody except Giannis. <laughs> and Drew Holiday just got back. Um yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think I think someone has said uh, on one of the shows that their starting lineup that won the championship has only played together one time this year. Um, so yeah, that's why they're in the bottom right now. Um, I expect them to climb back up, but it's like, how long before it's too late? You know, like how many games? Right. Like, but, you know, would they have to go on a run where they win like fifteen in a row or? 18 of 25 or something like that in order to really get back into the top top four where they should where they sh- ultimately should be um you know because the conference got better around them man so you know it's not it's not like five or six bottom dweller teams that you can just you can just cherry cherry you know put automatic w's on so right, and here's the thing down the line that I got into a couple episodes ago. If Milwaukee, if Milwaukee is like, they still lose, but then once they get pieces back, they start winning, and they end up being like a four or five seed. And then let's say Atlanta goes on some winning, and they end up being like the seven seed. That truly sucks for like the teams that finish one and two. Yeah, yeah. Did you play in a seeding game? Like I'm. I'm trying to avoid a fully healthy buck team first round. Like I, I don't want that. Don't want that. <laughs> like you, what if what if the Nets drew them like first round? Like that would be crazy. Oh, that'd be so good for us though. It'd be amazing for, for ratings though. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man. Like it, this could be an interesting. This could be an interesting year. And I felt like going into the year, like 
the only juggernaut teams in my estimation were the Bucks and the Nets. And then after that, it was pretty much like a toss up for who you could put in that three, four, five, six spot. Like it could be anybody. It was just going to depend on who stays healthy, quality coaching, and like the depth, you know, and you're starting to kind of see that, you know, kind of play itself out. And and teams that were top five seeds last year, that wasn't a guarantee to be the case this year because the conference got better. You know, like with the Hawks, like it's not a, they started 14 and 20 last year. Looks like they're probably going to start something similar like that this year. But it's like, is the conference bad enough for them to kind of climb out of that? I don't know. Right, because look, look at the damn Bulls. Look at the Cavs. Um, the, the the Sixers are still no walkover. Uh, the, the Heat. The Knicks are decent. The Hornets are decent. The Raptors are decent. The Celtics are decent, you know? Yeah. There's no and nice yeah. off, man. <sighs> but yeah, so right now we are looking at Washington, Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland at four, Miami, Philly. Those are your six right now. And then the play-in teams are New York, Charlotte, Toronto, and Boston. And then, again, those three teams outside are Milwaukee, Indiana, and Atlanta. That's just – this season is going to get crazy, and maybe it brings for a better trade deadline because maybe some teams are going to get desperate. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Man, it would be nice to be on the other side of desperate <laughs> for once. Yeah. <laughs> Have some goddamn leverage come to trade deadline. Somebody want to give yeah. you, you know, two first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma? Well, hey. <laughs> Have at it, buddy. Um, I'll take one for Bertans at this point. <laughs> hey, man, Bertans is a part of a winning culture, and he's an important part of what we got going on here. If you want him. You got to give us something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting year. I, I, this has been one of my favorite years so far, just based on, like, the balance across the league. Um, You know, with it not really being a super team, like it was supposed to be the Nets, but, you know, Kyrie being Kyrie, you know, and then Harden struggling with this rule change. The Nets look beatable. Um. And then the Lakers kind of imploding. So it don't really, it's no team that's like, oh, yeah, they're going to win 65 plus, you know, or 70 games. Like, you know, it's it's like, okay, we got, it's, it's you know, it's, it's balanced throughout the league. And I think that's good. And we're at the top of the balance, us, the Warriors, and the Suns, and I guess the Nets. Because, again, even with all that hard struggle, uh, Brooklyn's still technically tied with us in terms of uh, like games back of the first seed. Like we're both tied for the first seed. It's just we're up by percentage points. Right. Um. All right. Anything else you got before we go on and get out of here? Got nothing, man. It, take care of business again tonight. Take care of business. Exactly. Um. Thanks, guys, for listening. And like I said, next time we come back on. We'll try and have a numbers base where we get into context and details and that sort of stuff because the the generic stuff and the baseless stuff works when you're bad and there's obvious stuff to talk about. But now that there's really nothing obvious to talk about because everything is so damn consistent, goddamn it, Wizards, um, it's hard to, to have those conversations, obviously. So next time we come back on, details, numbers, why we're winning, all that sort of stuff. 
But thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you made it this far, I give you a ton of credit. But we'll see you next time.